New Thought Guy. So, um, I want to tell you a story. We'll start out with a story. One day, um, two frogs, Crokey and Aristotle, were traveling in and out of a watering hole and they accidentally fell into an extremely deep pit. Now they tried to leap out to no avail, so they began to yell and croak, and finally some other frogs heard them and came to help. And seeing how deep the pit was, the other frogs yelled down to Crokey and Aristotle that the hole was too deep for them to help. So leaning over the hole, and waving their front legs at them, they began to yell for the frogs to just give up. Just give up. There was no hope of them getting out. They were good as dead. But both frogs kept leaping and trying to get out of the hole. And this went on for hours. And eventually one of the frogs, Crokey, taking heed to what he kept hearing the frogs telling him, the words that they were saying to him, just gave up and died. However, Aristotle kept jumping, and even as the frogs kept um, yelling at him and waving their front legs at him, he kept jumping and jumping and jumping, never giving up. And finally, Aristotle leaped so high that he was able to get to the top of the hole and use his back legs to push himself up and out. And the other frogs, they were amazed that, that he was able to do that. And finally, when Aristotle caught his breath, he went around um, thanking the other frogs. And the other frogs started saying, well, what are you talking about? What did we do? We didn't do anything. And Aristotle just smiled. What the other frogs didn't realize was that Aristotle was hard of hearing. So all he saw was them. All he heard was a muffled yelling. And the word he used was the action, which was them inviting him up, encouraging, inspiring him up. Life, death, encouragement, communication, what we say matters, what we hear and think about what we hear whether it's told to us or we tell it to ourselves, matters. Thoughts are things in the long run. It's all in the words. From the book of John, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, or the divine, or spirit, or whatever you want to call that power. In the Upanishads, it says, The personal self, and the ultimate imperishable impersonal self are one. From the Vedanta, which is a uh, book from the Hindu philosophy um, that Sri Aben, um, Aurobindo taught, which the Krishna movement uses, it says, not a part, not a mode of that, but identical that that absolute spirit of the world. 
Those are descriptions of the power of your word. Because you and I are identical to that universal power, whatever you want to call it, that I am that I am. Now, don't freak out. You're the God of your thoughts and feelings, not mine. Maybe if you have small children, you sort of are to them. But yours, just yours. Now, we could talk about this on a less spiritual note. Try this explanation of who you are. A human being is a part of the whole called by us universe, a part limited in time and space. He or she experiences themselves, his thoughts and feelings as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. The striving to free oneself from this delusion is the one issue of true religion. Not to nourish the delusion, but to try to overcome it is the way to reach the attainable measure of peace of mind. And who said that? Albert Einstein. If the energy of the Big Bang created all, then this energy lives in each and every one of us for us to use. It's a part of us. That energy is in every cell in our bodies. We can't be afraid of this truth that we are the gods of our experiences. We are the gods of our thoughts and feelings. We can't be afraid of the responsibility of what we experience and how we react to it because we are in control of that. We especially can't be afraid of the conscious, mindful, intentional use of our word and doing that and stepping into being consciously mindful and intentional in the use of our word. Our actions may be powerful, but our word is the most powerful. And no action occurs without first the word in mind, without first the word and the feeling generating in our brain and the, thus throughout our whole body and our mind and our hearts and our guts. This is science. Andrew Newberg, Dr. Andrew Newberg is a neuroscientist and he writes book with a gentleman named Mark Robert Waldman. And they wrote, a single word has the power to influence the expression of genes that regulate physical and emotional stress. Now, they don't necessarily mean stress in a negative way, because what they're talking about is, is a single word can bring stress, negative stress into your life, or it can bring um, a positive illumination in your life, a positive energy, a positive action into your lives, because this word um, powers the, the goings on in our brains. And so the genes and the hormones and this and that, um, the, the neurons snap and move and change our mood and change our ideas and change our reactions. Sometimes we get frightened to speak the truth. We have a fear of, of getting our you know, wrist slapped because we stated our needs to either the universe or somebody else. We're wondering, wondering sometimes if we are safe or even worthy 
Do we have all the information that we require? Do we have the skills even necessary to effectively communicate and declare our desires, not only to some, some energy that is called God or the divine or the universe or whatever, but to ourselves, the individualization of that energy, that power. This is, happens on the outside in, in conversations or protests with other people or ourselves when we speak aloud, or on the inside in decision-making, prayer, contemplation, visioning, visualizing, or, or any spiritual practice or self-talk. Emily Dickinson said, I know nothing in the world that has as much power as a word. Self-talk. It's always about deciding who we are, what we are, what our life is to be. So what words are you using? Are they small and mumbly and without clarity and hesitant? Are they full of fear? Or maybe they're verbose and you just never stop talking and never reach a decision and never reach the, the end result of your intention. And you speak without much meaning or without much feeling. You're just saying words. Or you're distracted by those pretty words that you say. Or you're distracted by mantras that have no significance to you. Or no belief about those words for you. Or maybe you speak from reaction instead of thoughtfulness. When I speak from reaction, usually I'm incorrect. When we move into a more mindful speech, we have much greater access to communicating in a fuller multidimensional way. We have words that have depth, truth, purpose going on. This sign behind me is the vision of our spiritual center, vibrate at the speed of the divine. You can't see it in the angle of this particular um, camera, but that's the vision. Those are the words that propel this spiritual center. Mindful speech, like all creation, is born and bred through the breath of intention and creativity. I'm, I'm pointing to my gut, you don't see that, but intention and creativity manifested through the word and the feeling behind that word. There must be feeling behind that word. It empowers that word. And you know, that feeling doesn't, can be unintentional. You know, when we, we keep saying in our heads this stupid stuff about ourselves, that's really not true. A word needs to become consciously from the heart, habitually spoken, then this word or words eventually takes root in your subconscious and then of course in your prevailing belief. And, and you know, this word can be energetic. It doesn't have to be verbal. It could be cosmic coming from all around you, like inspiration versus vocal. It can be felt versus spoken. The word may be found um, anywhere in the science of the Big Bang, when you read about that and how that works, or in writings of like the Tao, the Vedas, the scriptures, the Torah, the Quran, or tales. That's why I bring some of these tales 
to these talks because you can find the word there from indigenous tribes and shamans and other places. Most importantly are the words we put into play that clarify our purpose, intention, declaration, our vision, our mission, and doing it with bold, brave, wise, and heartfelt language. You know, language can spew love or hate, ethics or apathy, character or degradation, hope or despair or peace, prosperity, kindness. We have the power to cause great harm or great healing with our speech to ourselves as well as to others. We could say the Lord's Prayer as a pleading prayer or as a requirement, as a declaration prayer, an affirmative prayer. We can talk to an outside power when we say something like the Lord's Prayer or that inside presence. What makes it more powerful into our lives? It's not the words, it's the words we interpret and say and feel. We could sing Amazing Grace, as I've talked about, as a condemning song and, and thought, or to uplift. The word of expansion is what created the universe. This, this tiny singularity, as they call it, energy, wanted to expand. And from that came the quarks, the gravity, the light, the atom. Then the word was expression, desire to, to, to express, to be seen and present. And so the planets and the, and the, the suns and the, the, the stars were created. Then it had this word of experiencing life in a new way. It wanted to experience life in a new way. So it created sentient beings, this energy, cells, animals, humans, flora, fauna. Ernest Holmes wrote, God is intelligent mind and spirit, and there is a direct response from this universal intelligence to our intelligence. If we ask for bread, we shall not receive a stone, but we are told we must ask believing if we are to receive. Prayer is a mental as well as a spiritual function of intelligence. It is a certain manner of approach to the spirit, a conscious act of the mind, a concrete experience of the knowing faculty. Prayer should be direct and specific and should always be accompanied by a positive receptivity. God cannot answer prayers which have no meaning. Now, there might have been a, been a couple of words there that some of you are like, oh, God, no, please, with the word God, I don't want to, God, I don't even like divine or spirit or presence or any of that. Don't use it. It's whatever the power is, and it's not outside of yourself, it's inside of yourself. The power of your logic and your imagination and prayer. Get rid of the word prayer, self-talk, whatever you want to call it. We're creative agents. We must put meaning and belief into our words, thoughts, and prayers. It is the meaning, the conviction, the intentional mindfulness that is the root, the nexus, the fuel from which our words come to life. And yes, there are certain frequencies in certain words like the, 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 the word of Om. There are certain frequencies in Sanskrit that create an energy 
But it is our acceptance of this word, of this energy, that makes it work. But all words are important. Because all words are thoughts. All thoughts are prayers. And all prayers, steeped in the feeling, faith, and gratitude of manifesting now, do so. You know, there's a song that's popular with the Unity teaching, um, Words and Music by Lucille Olson, and I'll just sing you a bit of the first verse. Our thoughts are prayers, and we are always praying. Our thoughts are prayers. Listen to what you're saying. Seek a higher consciousness, a state of peacefulness. And know that God is always there. And every thought becomes a prayer. And later on it says, seek a higher consciousness, a state of mindfulness. That our thoughts are prayers that spirit resonates with those thoughts and prayers. When we pray, or whatever you want to call that conversation with your highest self, your optimized self, or the activities that go on in the temporal parietal junction, that's what's happening in your brain when you speak to your highest self, to your most um, inspirational and intelligent self, your most wise self. We converse with the energies of the mind, be it a conversation of questioning, pondering, arguing, um, eventually concurring with the idea of what it is we want to create. Whether we want to reach a goal, a new action step, a decision, an answer, get a statement coming out, a new question or a hypothesis, a parking space, for God's sakes or healing any disease in body, situation, or mind. We do so with the power and presence of our word. So how do we do this? When all, if all thoughts are prayers, which might be a little frightening for a second or two, then how do we do that? How do we um, stay away from being reactionary? Well, you gotta stop. You gotta slow down. You gotta step away from the conversation for just a millisecond and breathe and step out of that reactivity. Whether it shows up by you shutting down or slapping back, so to speak, not necessarily physically, but verbally slapping back. We have to speak from connecting with our best self and then speak with a focus on love, on wisdom, on power and bringing that into being. Using our divine voice is crucial, whether for the parking space or the healing of a nation, for the individual or for the common cause. In the common cause, as well as the personal one, we need to stand and deliver, shout out how unity is our birthright, how love is our birthright, how life in peace and prosperity for all is our birthright. We can use our word, talent, and treasure to participate in our singular life and the best of our singular life and of that in our democracy. Participating in life is what these United States is about. Your life is the life of a spiritual being in a spiritual universe, rocking out the spiritual laws with peace, joy, love, light, wisdom, beauty, prosperity, and health. The word is your word. And that word that is yours is the word of the divine in you. Use it with imagination, 
Bold, brave, and loving intention. Watch your words. Use them, use them to focus on what you want, not what you don't want, not what you wish to remove from yourself, your attitude, your perspective, or anything going on out there. Use it to focus on what you want. More unity, more love, more prosperity, more health. Focus on what you want with the words that influence you. Only you know the words that influence you. Who's talking? That's the title of this talk. Who's talking? You're talking. And who are you? You're the powerful, sassy, succulent, inspired, loving, beautiful, wild child and wise child of the universal presence of God, of the divine, of the great Big Bang. You're talking. So when you talk, use words, use language that talk peace into action, love into action, equality in action, justice into action, and happiness for all, and health for all into action. Use your word and your language wisely to soar into the greatest adventure you and the planet can ever, ever have. And do it now. Thank you so much. Namaste, everyone.